1: welcome to another episode of the wickedly smart women podcast where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter spunkier and more successful in their impact and their leadership this is your host angel b hartwell and today we bring our special guest joyce gerber joyce is an attorney advocate and writer with exceptional organizational skills Patience, Creativity, and Compassion, all of which shine through in her work as founder and host of the Canna Mom Show podcast. When she is not advocating for cannabis normalization, Joyce is active with many community and civic organizations in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where she lives with her husband, children, pets, and students from the Berkeley School of Music. In her spare time, she has managed a rock band, ran for local political office, and creates one-of-a-kind quilts for friends, family, and the occasional winner of the annual Can-A-Mom show Mother's Day quilt giveaway. Joyce has degrees from Northeastern University, Tufts University, and Connecticut College. And when asked to describe his mom, her son Josh said, she's a force to be reckoned with. So welcome, force to be reckoned with, to Wickedly Smart Women. We're so glad to have you.
2: Thank you for having me. I always forget that he said that. Every once in a while, your kids say something random. And instead of being mad, you're like, can I use that? Is that mine?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Josh must be channeling through what's the, the truth in the moment. He sees you for who you really are. So you are a force to be reckoned with, Joyce. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, were you somebody who used cannabis in your youth and is that part of why you have stepped into this role as an advocate or is that something that you know didn't happen in your youth where you might have been prohibited from it and and then something else happened to activate you to become an activist
2: uh, so thank you thank you for inviting me on to share my story mm-hmm. and so when I tell my own story, I always say that this is not my natural habitat. I am a 57-year-old woman. I have been married 30 years. I just celebrated my 30th wedding anniversary. Like I said, I'm a mom of two. I play tennis, I wear pearls, and I believed all that stuff. I believe that cannabis is dangerous. That was our era. I did consume it occasionally, but you know, I, I thought it was bad for you, really. I had some mom friends. I have some jokes, like when the kids are little, we had some mom friends, we'd find like a bud. You're like, I don't even know where we got it. <laughs> bring it somewhere and smoke it and then kind of feel weird about it. But it wasn't really part of my life. Mm -hmm. So I say I had a cannabis awakening in 2016. We went out, my husband and I, we live in Massachusetts. We went to Colorado. We did a private tour of the industry. A woman, she has a business called City Sessions. Her name's Goldie. And she picked us up in her her car. And she gave us like a tour. She gave us an industry tour. So we saw our dispensary. We saw our growth facility. She talked a little bit about the history. I didn't know any of this before. And I call it my cannabis awakening because I realized like literally everything I knew was wrong. Mm. So I came back to Massachusetts again, it's 2016. My kids are teenagers. So the joke is that I sat them down and said, kids, everything I know about cannabis is wrong. And they were like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan on working on it. It was just like I was having an, op- my mind was opening up to this. And then the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the people of the Commonwealth, we voted to approve adult use cannabis in 2016. You know, I'm a mom and I did a lot of things while being a mom, but I did drop out of the world of monetized work. But at the time in 2016, I was working. And at the end of 2016, a contract position I was working on ended. And then I really just had a hard time getting a job in 2017. That's really kind of the truth of it. I feel like I'm sort of the beginning of a generation or I'm Gen X. It's like we're invisible. No one even knows we're here, but we are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, let me, let me stop you there because I'm curious about this cannabis awakening. So I really want to, I want to dig into that a little bit more. I mean. There must have been something before your trip to Colorado, because why would you make a trip to Colorado to do a tour of the industry? Like what precipitated that? What oh, I, inspired I could, that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it was a, just it was something interesting. My husband and I always do food tours. That's sort of like when we go to countries, we do food tours or we do, we'd actually just came back on a 300 mile bike tour in Greece, like I like to do stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. Cannabis was being sold as um tourism really in Denver. That's how they do it. So I was looking up things to do and they have private tours of the industry and it was just, you know, cannabis was around. I just, I thought it'd be something interesting to do. So we did it. (laughs) Fabulous. All right. Well, one of the things I want to talk
1: about now, Joyce, is, you know, the whole navigating the mom thing and the cannabis thing and the law thing, which, you know, I did cannabis when I was a child, you know, in my youth, for sure. You know, one of the things that happened with my own child was I found out that he was using and I lost it. I completely lost it. But he was coming up in a time where there was so much confusion. It's maybe a little less confusion now, but there's still a lot of confusion. You know, I mean, there are people who are in jail for you know a pound of pot right for you know long periods of time and then there are people who are dispensing it and you know there's taxes on i mean there's like it just feels like a fur ball like a cat fur ball <laughs> that is very confusing and makes it much more challenging for as a parent i think to find the way to navigate. So I'd love to have you speak to our listeners about how you found the way in your life to make the communication happen with your children in a way that made sense and where
2: you were all able to be on the same page. Yes, this is a constant conversation we're having. There's a whole network of Canada Moms, High Society Mamas. This is a big thing that people talk about all the time. I will boil it down to transparency. I think that is really where we're starting at and where we're understanding the transition is happening. You know, if you understand the history of cannabis, you know that we live in the hundred years that it's been decimated really and taken out of our societies. We've had it in the world for 10,000 years. So Mm -hmm. this plant was taken out of society for a very particular reason for whatever, and it's coming back now, but this story is very strong. And I talk a lot about stories. You know, we're ruled by stories. Stories are very powerful. These narratives that we hear over and over again are so powerful that they're hard to break out of. And when you believe something, it's hard to not believe it anymore. Mm-hmm. So where I see it happening, where I see the transition happening are really in these healing stories, because whether you're a progressive from Cambridge or you're a conservative from Oklahoma, when you have a relative or a friend or a loved one who finds some sort of healing with this plant, after they've gone through all these other treatments and all these other things, and they come to cannabis as a last resort because they're literally desperate, that opens up people's minds to this, that maybe what they know is wrong and they can start investigating what cannabis really is, which is plant medicine, which is a medicine that works with our own systems. It's called an endocannabinoid system. We have a system in our body that is receptive to this plant. And one of the issues that people keep talking about specifically in the hemp industry, which is really gonna be bigger and more powerful than just cannabis, is that hemp had always been part of the animal feed, like cannabinoids had always been part of our system because it was just there and it was taken out, which is maybe why it's so powerful as a medicine because we're entering it back in through smoking and eating it and whatever we're doing with it now. So this is really about health and wellness. That's what I talk about it. So this is a normalization from a bad story. And the stories I'm sharing on the podcast are trying to open up people's minds that maybe what they know is wrong and that there's another part of this. And that although I talk like cannabis solves every problem, I know it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. I know that it should be part of the opportunities we're giving to heal ourselves and it should not be, no longer should it be the thing that people come to out of desperation and as a last resort.
1: Okay. So I love I love that perspective. And one of the things that I'm hearing there is that part of your advocacy is about bringing the medicine that this plant is back into society to be applied in ways that allow people to heal, which is a little bit different than let's just go smoke a joint and get high, Mm -hmm. right? And so do you differentiate within your own work and within your own life between this is plant medicine, we're using it for healing versus this is, you know, we're just getting high and it's recreational.
2: I think everyone's using it for healing. I think we have a very mixed up concept of what pharmaceutical drugs, alcohol are in this country. Again, this this is very cultural.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I kind of joke about this. So when my kids are little and I was running out of the office and I was yelling, I'm going to stop at the liquor store before I pick up the kids at daycare, no one would have said a word. (laughs) Mm hmm. But if I said, I'm going to go smoke a joint in the car and then pick up my kids, I would have used it against me in a divorce hearing. So again, these are just like a misunderstanding of why you're using these chemicals to rebalance your world. What is going on with you? And it's just a normalization. I think that's the where we're like going towards with this. Like this extremism on any part, you know, what did McCarthy say? Extremism is no vice. It is a vice. It's a mm. thing. It's bad. Mm. So cannabis should just be normalized. We're just trying to normalize it. And the fact that it's been demonized for really bad reasons That has to be exposed and explained why we have to get these people out of jail and why they shouldn't be in there. And the flip side is it can't just be about making money. So I talk to women in the industry. This is my little niche corner. I talk to women and moms and caregivers. I want to elevate their stories because this industry should be ruled by women. This plant is a caregiver. We are the caregivers. This is our industry. It's about trying to do something a little bit different. And so I elevate their stories. And my joke is when I meet no, Obviously, there are tons of men. I'm like, oh, my God, there are men in this industry, too. <laughs> but the problem is, this is very capital intensive. We can't get banking. It's still federally illegal. There's a lot of other things that are going on and on. But the women I'm talking to are healed. They're evangelized. They're staying in this crazy industry to try to bring it to other people because they want to be the people they needed. It. Mm. And it's a, it's a really inspiring. So. Yeah. It's why it's hopeful to be in it. Just, you know, who want, who doesn't want to be around healed people who want to heal other people? That's very hopeful. It's way better than being a divorce attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Although sometimes divorce can be a healing. <laughs> it's like a roller coaster, people. You just don't know what's going to
1: happen on the other side. <laughs> exactly. Well, in the last minute or so before we hit the break, one of the pieces I'm also curious about is like, I live in New Hampshire, you live in Massachusetts, like when they did start to to bring in legalized dispensaries and, you know, allowing it for medical use and all of those things, it's like, well... I literally live on the border of Massachusetts. So it's like legal across the
2: border. It's not legal here. It's ridiculous. And Again, then a, yeah. if they have a parking lot, there's a dispensary near the border and they have to exit on the Massachusetts side. <laughs> it's really extreme. It's is a plutonium. It's not it's 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 plant medicine and it's not a belief system. It's a science. This really works. It's like really a thing that works with our bodies. Yeah, beautiful. Well, We're going to go to the break real quick,
1: but when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about this kind of really fractured system that you and your women that you interview are here to heal the system as much as you are to bring the plant medicine in to normalization again. So right now, though, we're going to take a quick break. Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. We're also celebrating that we have just won our sixth and seventh awards so that's pretty exciting and we want to shout out this week to our listeners let's shout out to our listeners in massachusetts (laughs) as well as our listeners in mongolia and saint martin and we will be right back with joyce gerber And we are back with Joyce Gerber. You can find out more about Joyce and tune into her podcast as well at thecannamomshow.com, thecannamomshow.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. Before we went to the break, we were talking about how this demonization of this plant medicine that Joyce and many of the people that she supports are in the process of attempting to renormalize Also has attached to it all kinds of interesting legal ramifications, both federal and state. And like there's all of this fracturing of the way that we can navigate it. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit, Joyce, about your advocacy. Like, are in in addition to your podcast, are there specific things that you or your guests or your you know colleagues in the space are doing? To not only normalize the usage, but also to
2: eliminate the confusion. I will say almost universally, the woman I talked to are about education, mm. educating their community, however their community is defined, wherever their community is found, this idea that they are becoming the people they needed is really powerful to me. Like I can tell a story from a woman, she's up in New York. Her name's Nikki. She had a brain injury. She was basically desperate, she's ready to like jump off. She tells me on this on the podcast, she talks about she wanted to jump off the balcony like she was just done with life. And she saw a cannabis truck or something drive by in Nevada and kind of joked to her husband something just, you know, like offbeat, like, why don't I just get stoned? I have nothing left to lose. And he's like, yeah, let's try it. (laughs) They went and she got a joint, whatever it was, she hit it and she realized that it sort of changed her experience, like her perception, that's a lot of what cannabis does. It kind of calms you down or recenters you or, you know, it changes your perception. And she was able to kind of deal with some of her pain issues even when she went back to New York because she knew this, this solution existed. And she became a huge advocate. Mm. Uh, anyways, it's this idea that people, once they feel it, they know that other people could use their help. And so they come out and they become those people. It's, I think it's really empowering. Again, mm. I think mm. i said that before. Yeah, beautiful. So what inspired you to start a podcast, Joyce? Oh, uh, the the perfect trifecta of desperation, isolation, and so much rejection. (laughs) No, I had no, I, I kind of joke. Like I got the New York times paper delivered to my house. I don't really know what a podcast was. I was really learning about cannabis, but when I decided to transition into the world of cannabis, I met someone who wanted to start a media company. He hired me to be his executive producer so I did that for a year with him on his podcast, and that's really how I learned the industry. How I figured out that cannabis impacted everything from criminal justice to cosmetics. It was sort of like again, that was very eye opening to me. And then a year into that job, I started. We started the Cannabis Mom Show. I was in the studio with a friend. We were just talking about how you talk to the kids in this new era. My friend didn't want to do it because people are still kind of weird about being connected to cannabis they were talking about calling me the Cannamom, which again, I'm not the Cannamom. The canna Moms are these women who are really risking a lot to like heal themselves, heal the children, and there are organizations of these women across the country who are part of the advocacy of getting this plant medicine back into our systems. So I call it the Cannamom Show, like the Daily Show, like an interview show, and that's really how it started. I ended up leaving the media company, but I took the podcast with me. And my daughter had just gone to college, and my son was away, and I didn't have a job. I had a podcast, so I'm like all right, I'll try to be a podcaster. And here I am four years later. (laughs) All right. Well,
1: congratulations on that. In fact, you and I met in clubhouse in club pod, I think. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's how we got connected. All right. So how do you talk to your kids in this time? Right. Can we talk a little bit about that since your show does a lot of work in that area as well?
2: we talk a lot of moms, you know, kids at different ages with different experiences. I will say kind of universally with the younger children, most of these moms have been cannabis consumers for a very long time. A lot of them were talking about the advocacy even during pregnancy. So their children know that it's just mommy's medicine. And those kids are kind of just growing up like it's just normalized. Like there's no hiding in the bathroom. There's no like spraying yourself with perfume because you smell weird. Like there's no, again, back to transparency. Hmm. I think the kids, the moms with kids who are teenagers, which is kind of where I was when I started this journey. I mean, I think just admitting that what you don't know, I think that's part of it because we all kind of come to this with our own baggage and we're, you know, we pass it on to them, you know, admitting what you don't know and explain to what you do know. Like part of my journey was who knew we had an endocannabinoid system? Like people still think I'm making that up. You know, the idea that, you know, it was taken out of our system for pretty bad reasons and it could come back, you know, hemp specifically could come back as a Paper replacement. It could come back as a, a building replacement. It can come back for clothing. There's all these things that like hemp could be used for. To like, that's another discussion about how, what it what this plant is. And then there are actually lots, lots of books out there. There are women out there writing books to talk about what's growing in Grandma's garden. You know, culturally, how is it used in different cultures? Like even Native American cultures and African American cultures. And you know, just this idea that's always been plant medicine. It's always been here, but we've just sort of hidden it for the past hundred years, and it's coming back. And then like with older kids, I kind of joke about the pandemic, you know, so when my kids were in college, they have, they were sent home like refugees and I did not know cannabis would be essential. And I was running around buying like salves and tinctures and flour and we had no toilet paper. (laughs) But when they, when they came home, like, you know, we were in the house together, we were in lockdown together we consumed together and we talked to each other and it was very relaxing and we weren't drinking. And I, I say this, I would rather be in lockdown with a stoner than a drinker. And now it's just very open to my house. We literally have a, we have a can of bar like my back porch. I have bongs and trays. And if you come to my house and you want to consume, you go to my back porch and you you know, it's fine. Beautiful. We've normalized it. So it's been a transition though. You know, it's an interesting and it is different ages and it's different ways that you come into this industry or come into this plant medicine. Like, like anything but i think sometimes just admitting you don't know stuff and being transparent are two like easy ways to start I love
1: that admitting you don't know stuff. You know that's actually a paradigm shift for parenting too, right? Because oh, yeah, lot, yeah. I mean, like that alone is a, para- a parenting paradigm shift. Like I don't know shit about what's going on here. I'm just, you, you know, lucky I'm, that
2: you're alive, kids. Like yeah, I kept you alive. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea.
1: Yeah, we we don't want to parent like our parents did, but we don't really know what the hell we're doing. And you didn't come with an instruction manual. <laughs> instruction manual. They take yeah. a lot of time. Those children. They take a lot yeah. of. Time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, I have a question for you, Joyce. It's maybe I don't know how whether it's off topic or not, but one of the things for me that I became clear about when the whole marijuana was coming into my house and the timing of that and the outcome after that, you know, was a little bit dark. So I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. There's there is this kind of cultural storyline that it's a gateway drug. And from my knowing, and please educate me, this is not the the marijuana that's out there today is not your mama's marijuana. I mean, when I was doing marijuana, we were like separating the seeds from the sticks. And it was like, it wasn't like crystallized purple glowing in the dark. So can we talk about both the idea of like the the more potency right and the the hybridization of this plant medicine as well as the idea of the gateway kind of situation
2: so i just sort of refute the gateway i mean we have so many gateways we have sugar and alcohol and give our kids every kid my kid is 21 and 24 every kid was medicated i don't know we have a lot of gateway so i just mm. don't play in the pot don't play in the pot I think that the idea that we're treating this plant like a real plant now and it's not coming in a baggie with seeds and things and we can see that it's got terpenes and which is so important. Like that's a whole nother level of this medicine, this kind of like full bodied lots of like different things connect with your own body kind of and just so you know, I'm not I'm like not an earthy crunchy girl. I play tennis, I wear pearls, like I never manifested anything. But I understand <laughs> you manifested a podcast, girl. What are you I talking about? <laughs> but this idea that it's like and I don't you know, I, I try to get more to nature. I actually grew my own this year just to be kind of connected to it. Like this is a plant that's got, you know, you feel connected to it and that it's beautiful and pretty and it smells good. Like that is part of the like understanding that this is plant medicine that can and heal you. It's not just like a stuff on a baggie. So that's that. But there's also so many products now. You know, I was talking to a friend this morning about how I give out CBD like samples of CBD bombs that I know are good to my mom's friends when she was in the nursing home because it eased up their arthritis or it made their hands feel better. So, you know, accessing it in different ways. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of this. And the other thing about it being, you know, it is more potent and I'm not going to disregard that. And I don't think it's a good idea. And I don't like the high potency. I think it's ridiculous, but that's another discussion. There's a lot of choices now. And if you want to do something, a one-to-one CBD, if you want to smoke hemp flour, if you want to, you know, eat cookies or, you know, there's other ways that you want to get cannabinoids into your system. You have a lot of choices now and they're tested. It's over-tested probably, but they're tested. So, you know, what's in there as opposed to what you're getting from like in a baggie that someone hands you off,
1: Mm.
2: you know? So there are trade-offs for this in a lot of ways of like, you know, just normalizing it. And then hopefully you know what you're getting because you're putting it in your body. Like you're ingesting, (laughs) you're ingesting this and you're putting it on your skin. So, You know, it's CBD products are kind of particularly tricky. There are some amazing ones out there, but there are some ones that really aren't what they say. This is, if you want to talk about, you know, the weirdness of it's like locality, like this is federally illegal and you're not just dealing with like state issues. You're dealing with like municipality issues down to like very specific. Each municipality has a different decision, how hemp can be transported, who's getting your, where you're getting the CBD from. Is it in your state, out of your state? There's all these other like weird things that, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when it goes federally because a lot of these things that we have now are going to change radically but right. you know if you want to do something that's local like you know a Massachusetts brand that's using Massachusetts hemp that's mm-hmm. getting it in a really organic way a or good way you can see that you can see that now because you could have that kind of access to a lot of these products and like some of the things i recommend are these products not the ones that maybe are more mass marketed because i don't think they're really doing what they say they're going to do and then you think cbd doesn't work
1: Yeah. Well, so then what I'm hearing there is the the old maxim buyer beware, right? So and I'm also what I'm also hearing there, Joyce, is number one, it's about renormalizing or, you know, de-demonizing, renormalizing, and then at some level, sort of standardizing so that consumers can be educated both about the benefits as well as about, you know, what they're what they're purchasing. And so, yeah, well, it's interesting. And I'm so glad (laughs) you were able to come on the show and share your your wisdom with us and that you have created this podcast to help others and to illuminate those stories, which, you know, it's all about the stories. You know, when somebody tells you that they've been healed of something as a result of using something, you know, it can sound fantastical. You know, in my case, it was I I had a massive healing from being on a sound healing table. Right. It sounds fantastical. But once you've had the experience, you can't deny your own experience. So mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what I want my listeners to know is, you know, be educating yourself, be open, be willing to look at whatever's been demonized to see whether there's some things that you don't know that you don't know. Be transparent Mm -hmm. and tune into Joyce and listen to the Canon Mom Show and hear the stories of the people whose lives have been impacted by this. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman.
0: Thanks for tuning in, downloading and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.